Want to watch us in high definition? Click on the Watch in HD link below the player and notice the difference. You are watching VidGoal. And now... From Icon. This is the Congoer. Features. We have a quiet set, please. Leave it nice and quiet. Gentleman's gonna ask a question. I'll start with a, a simple question just to jog my memory. How are you doing this weekend so far? Great. It's been a wonderful. Yeah, I was just telling people on the uh, elevator coming up that uh, it, this is a wonderful show, and what makes the show are the people. And the people here have treated me very well, and the people are uh, fun, and they're good people. And I just love all the costumes and all the, uh, the diversity with all the, the kids and what they're wearing and everything. And they're having just a ball. And, and when you see people having a good time, you automatically have a, uh, a good time. So it's been a great show for me. That's good. Have you ever I'm even selling pictures and books and things. I wrote a book. It's called To Space and Back. Wow. You should get and it. No, I, it's, I'm where they're signing autographs with uh, a couple of other people, a, a young lady from uh, Battlestar Galactica and a man from, a guy from Lord of the Rings. I don't know him too well. Salabar? Sal Sal Sean Austin? No, Sean Austin. No. He's, he's signing different. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, how, how was it like being on the set back in, back then? Uh, back in that, that day? Before they, before, well, they lit everything by candlelight. We didn't have electricity. <laughs> no, well, the light was great. It was the 60s. I was, I, you know, uh, we did lots of space in the 60s, and I don't remember a lot of the 60s, as you can understand, because a lot of things happened in the 60s. Life was good in some respects, and it was not good in other respects. The 60s were, it was a different era. And being on a set was different, too. I was explaining to a young man today who's a... Uh, a policeman who happens to be African-American. And I was telling him how, how things have changed. And when I was working out in Hollywood in the late 50s and 60s, you never saw people of color. Uh, well, because I was saying, like Lost in Space. I was up there to, uh, I was going to uh, uh, populate the universe, right? I went up there with the Robinson family and those three pretty girls. And I was going to, you know, get them, nail them all and have a lot of kids. I said, the only problem is there, weren't, there wouldn't be any people of color in, in space up there because we didn't have a person of color on the show. I call them people of color. I don't know if that's politically correct or not, but that's what I, I, I you know, black Americans or African Americans, people of color. Uh, and we were talking about, like, on the set, you wouldn't see, well, you wouldn't see females either. The only uh, females you'd see on the set would be the uh, woman who uh, was making sure that everything was consistent and you had the right shirt from yesterday that you wore and so forth, in the hairdressers and makeup. And makeup were mostly men too. Hairdressers, wardrobe, and that woman on the set. That's the only woman you had. And no people of color behind the scenes. You know, directors or gaffers or anything. Uh, yeah, so you see how far we've come, which is great, as far as Hollywood's concerned. And the only actors were basically Ruby Dee and, and uh, uh, Sidney Poitier and Sammy Davis and few, but not like today. We have uh, so many wonderful African-American actors today that I, I just think, feel good about the way it's, it's gone. Pretty long think? answer, huh? Perfect answer, though. But, uh, good, good answer for your question, I guess. But um, what, what are your opinions about special effects from then to now? Uh, do, <laughs> do you like, That's a good question. Do you like the direction that they've gone in, or do you think that, it's, that they abuse... Well, I have, I have definite feelings about that. Uh, when we did Lost in Space, 
what you saw is what you got. Uh, I mean, we had this little, everything was done, it was no computer graphics, so everything you saw was done by people on the set. We'd have uh, the spaceship, the Jupiter would be this big around and bigger and bigger, and they'd be putting it down. You see the guys putting it down on, on dirt, you know, it was supposed to land and, you know, putting fires in it for taking off and all that. It was all done by, by part, you know, people who were doing it with fires and so forth. And the explosions were all firecrackers. I had more firecrackers going on my butt than you'd ever want to see. I mean, you know, I'd be walking around, <laughs> guys were blowing me up. And the cherry bombs and things like that were going around. And we had this guy, Stu Moody, who was head of special effects, and he had two fingers missing from his hand, you know? And I, it didn't make me feel too secure because he was the one that's, he lost them light, lighting these bombs and everything, you know? But, uh, so that was one thing, and so you'd have the spaceship going through space, you know, you'd have these popcorns thrown at it looking like comets and so forth coming after Jupiter 2. But what you saw, it was fun because in all the costumes, all the, uh, our people were people in the costumes. You know, we have, we had, I'll tell you one quick story. We had a, uh, this guy that was like an eight with the horns coming out like this, you know, and he was chasing June Lockhart around the set all the time and everything, you know, and, and, uh, and when they got through and they looked at the rushes the next day, at the end of that day, actually, you look at the rushes, and they're looking. Oh my God! The guy was chasing around. He had his fly open. He was in, you know, he was a he was a monster, a gorilla type, but his fly was wide open in the suit because that's what you had. Was, was that actually on tape though? Was that like an episode that was taped? That no, no, they they reshot it. They reshot it. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, that, there's two ways to do things. I remember Martin Scorsese directed me in a movie uh, in a Broadway musical with Liza Minnelli back in the '80s, and. Uh, I know that he did a uh, he did a thing called the band uh, concert, the band, you know, with Robbie Robinson, all that stuff, you know, really good stuff. And he had Neil Young, I think, and he was doing the close up of Neil Young, and there was cocaine in his nose. And they had to go in and they had to take it. They couldn't reshoot it, so they had to go in every frame by frame, you know, blacking it out, blacking it out. Those were the days of the '60s. In uh, comparison of uh, setting now, like you said, about uh, how back then uh, things were more hands on. Exactly. You, you said it better than I did. Yeah. It was hands-on compared to computer graphics. Which, computer graphics are great, but I don't know. It's, but now, I don't know. Now they depend more on how back then it was more hands-on. Actually, the story was better, but nowadays they depend more on the graphics. So you can see the quality stories more about explosions and special effects. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't like to say that how because I think, the, I think the movies today are so much better than back in those days. But the stories, I mean, we, but the stories were there. Even Lost in Space was a silly show. It, was, it didn't take itself seriously. Star Wars was a, was a show from the head. It was cerebral. It made sense. It was logical. Good dialogue. Good everything. Lost in Space was a show from the heart. Little kids watched it and they just, oh, God, I want to go to space with the family. They didn't, they, you couldn't make logic out of Lost in Space because it wasn't logical. You know? But we had little stories. We had little things that would say the kids should do this and not do that. And you know, we had little, little messages in there or something. Not bad messages, but you know, the father said to the son, I don't want you to do that anymore. You just saved our lives. Don't, <laughs> I told you to stay home. But in the, back in those days, every half hour shows, the, the Westerns and everything, had something that said something about values. And that's the way I'm going to put it. Values versus explosions, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, I like the cast uh, very well. I, uh, I like them, and I can tell you, uh, Billy Moomy was 12 years old. He was a little kid on it, Danger Will Robinson, and I was 28. And I'm a prankster. I used to love to, you know, do pranks. I've done it all my life. You know, I've been in trouble with it when I was in, 
when I was a senior in high school, I stole a wooden Indian from the Commonwealth Hotel in Boston that hadn't been moved since 1886. Me and my friend saw it, and it was unlocked for the time. We, yeah, it's in my book. I read about my book. And we, we took and put it in our car, and we got we were put in jail for it. You know, it was grand larceny, although we were exonerated, thank God. But I like to do pranks. And with Billy, I could do a lot of pranks, which I did. And if we were found out, I didn't get in trouble, because if I got in trouble, they had to get Billy in trouble, too. And he was like the star of the show. He's 12 years old, and so they couldn't do anything. So he, we, he and I were very funny. And I'd have lunch with him and his mom a lot. Guy Williams and I used to go to the races, and we, we had, Guy was terrific, you know. Like I said, Guy Williams, we liked, uh, he liked uh, fine wine. He liked uh, uh, music that was uh, classical music. And he liked, uh, you know, very refined woman. And me, I liked, you know, uh, Basically, I like beer, rock and roll, and trashy dames. So, so we were opposites, but we got along great. And June's a sweetheart. Uh, Marta and I, we, we were both married to other people, but we played around a little bit there, you know. She won't admit it, but what the hell, you know? She's a beautiful lady, and if I, if I could stay away from her, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know how I could do that. But we didn't do anything bad. We just fooled around a little bit. You know, those days in the 60s, like in the 50s and the 40s, you make out your neck a little bit. You don't, you don't, you don't do the, you know. Today, kids today, I don't believe the things they do. I, I mean, I can't believe some of the things they do. So necking and making out a little bit with somebody, what the hell? You're not going to get any diseases from that, that's for sure. Um, yes, uh, how does your involvement uh, with Boston Space uh, change you as a person with your experiences? Well, help turn me into an alcoholic. No, I'm just kidding, in a way. Actually, the show, uh, it, it got to be a very silly show, and, I, and I, it was hard for me to deal with that. I love the cast, and uh, the producer I didn't get along with too well. And we had the robot running around, you know, uh, with a bowler thing around him, you know, and doing it, dances with Indians, and, and, got, and, and Jonathan Harris was a, doing all his shtick and everything. It, those shows became, for me, two martini shows. You know, lunch, two martinis, and I can go back and work. But uh, I didn't care. I cared from a, a perspective of an actor, uh, having, trying to have a career. But on the other hand, I had a family and kids, my own kids, and I had a good life otherwise, so I was spoiled. But it was, uh, what was the question? It influenced my life. Lots of space influenced my life after it was all over. From then, until, from, from 1968 until today. I didn't, I, I didn't, I put the show down a lot. I used to put the show down. And I shouldn't have, because I realized there were fans out there, people who liked it, and I was doing them a disservice by saying I wasn't happy with the show. When I did a Broadway musical with Liza Minnelli in the 80s, and they give you, you know, this playbill, I didn't even put that. I was in Lost in Space. I didn't even mention that in my credits, because I was kind of like ashamed of it. I didn't, you know, because it was could have been a career. It was a career busted, in a way, not to me so much, but to Guy Williams. But I felt it was, so I was kind of like, ah, oh, lost in space. But then I realized, as I do these signing shows, that people are really, yeah, I loved you when I was young, and it was great. And some guy and said, you know, he's an astrophysicist at Harvard, and he was inspired by Lost in Space. Pilots that were in the war and, and, and flying were inspired by Lost in Space. So that silly little show inspired some people to do some nice things. 
And so, uh, and they enjoyed it. I see how people, we used to go out and play Lost in Space in the backyard. I couldn't wait till 3 o'clock. My mom used to, you know. And I'm saying, geez, it was nostalgia for them, and they really enjoyed it. Here I am putting it down because I'm an ass, you know. My feeling about it was, uh, first of all, I really think, and you know, that Matt LeBlanc did a great job as Don West, no doubt about it. I don't, I couldn't have done as good a job as he did. I'm not, I'm not as good an actor as he is. Uh, he did a, he did a tremendous job as Don West. People who grew up with the show might say, "Oh, you're, you're the only Don West. You're the Don West," because they grew up with it and they knew, see me as Don West. So it's hard to put somebody else in that part. But he did a terrific job. And uh, as a matter of fact, when, I, when we met and I, uh, when I was leaving the show, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, Mark, he said, when I was a kid, we used to play, like a lot of people, we used to play Lost in Space. He's from Newton, Mass. We used to play Lost in Space in the backyard and so forth, he said. And I always wanted to be Don West when we played that game. And he said, now I am. I finally made it. And I said, you sure are? You know? And I gave him a picture, a signed picture of when I had down to, uh, to the new, you know, best of luck to the new Don West from the old Don West. And he, he liked it. And I gave him the picture before I threw it away. But. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He's not that kind of a person. Uh, so, and uh, I love the special effects in it. I like, I love William Hurt as an actor. Uh, I enjoyed it. The robot cost $300,000 just for the parts. Not even counting the, what else went into the robot. Just the parts. Not counting what it cost to build it, you know. $300,000. I mean, we could have done, we, we probably did 10 Lost in Space shows for that, you know. Well, he, robotic. We had a guy in ours. Yeah. In fact, my son was seven at the time. We were over there, John, and uh, he was over here, and the robot was on the set over there, you know, and, and uh, they had a you know, monitor and so forth, and he was able to control the robot. So, I mean, that, that, was, that, was, that was great. Do we have time for one more question? Yeah, anything. More, two, I don't care. Yes, sir. Um, before, you talked about how, we were talking about how there's no more, like, like back then there wasn't as much special effects, now there is. Yeah. Do you feel that with along with that, that, the reason there's so much special effects movies now is that so many ideas, there's no, there's not many original ideas left, and it's like they're recycling the ideas again, remakes, constant remakes, going to other sources like comics and books, and various other ways to get the story and stuff. So do you think that's another reason why um, there's major focus on special effects is that they're out of original ideas? I don't, I don't think so. I think there, there, there's many ideas. That we that we can you, you can't imagine how many ideas are out there that haven't even been dealt with today. That's like saying uh, songwriters, maybe uh, well maybe that's it. Maybe rap is the end of all those all that all those good lyrics that the uh, Cole Porters and those people used to write in a way. But no, I mean there's always different lyrics to songs, and there are only 15 basic stories anyway. Boy meets girl, you know there are only 15, and so you you, you change those, you work them. I mean, on television, I, I don't watch these shows, but I guess CSI and all those shows are fantastic. I don't know. But I don't know how they come up with so many ideas. They just go to the police departments and go through the things, see what's happening. They do it, that, yeah. yeah, it's about life. And uh, what was that show back in the uh, 70s about uh, in New York? You know, there are 8 million stories here in New York. They did, but they, didn't, they don't do those. You're right. They don't do human interest stories as much. But we have a good movie with a human interest story like uh, 
It's a Beautiful Life, and, and we get into movies like that. There's a lot of good movies out there, though. But, and I'm not a fan of uh, science fiction. I'm not a fan of explosions and things. I like small movies. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked foreign movies and, and movies that deal with people and in, 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 uh, what, what, what's going on, human interest stories. I think there's one coming out now about uh, Jamie Foxx is in it, and he plays a guy in Boston who went, who uh, played uh, instruments on the sh in, in the subways. And this man came along, and he was really good. They became deep, great friends. And the other guy is completely schizophrenic, the uh, Jamie Foxx character. The movie's coming out pretty soon, and there was a special on it on you know, Sunday morning show, you know. But what a wonderful story, and so I know it's going to be good. The story that Richard Dreyfuss did about, you know, the teachers and all those, a lot of good stories out there. If you stay with human interest stories and what people are doing, they're always different. Because look, at all of you have different stories. You know, I have a different story. Uh, my life is not like anybody else's. They're lucky. No, I'm lucky. I've had a great life. That's why I do what I do. I work with kids. I have my master's in special education. I work with kids with behavioral problems. It's very satisfying. I've been doing it for 19 years. And uh, all those kids, they have different stories. And it's like, you know, I don't know how some of them survived with the abuse they took as when they were young. And uh, so I do that work, and it's very satisfying. So that's the reason I really don't miss the acting part of it. Well, you know, I'm too old anyway to be an actor. You know, I don't clean Eastwood. I don't know how he keeps doing it. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson, which I know. Pretty, I know those guys pretty well. But uh, I'm lucky. I have a great life. I have a a son who's a senior in high school and just got his acceptances to uh, some really good colleges. And if I could afford it, we'd be in great shape. But, you know, you got Johns Hopkins and Brown and God, Cornell and Duke, all acceptances. That's good, but who can afford it? That's about all the time we got. That's great. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh. Good questions, though. Those good questions I've ever had. Get good questions. For more of The Con Goer, go to thisisthecon.com. That's thisisthecon.com or log on to vidgle.com. That's V-I-D-G-L-E.com.